War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listing to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. No eyes. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. It's Tuesday. It's October 4th. Well, all eyes are going to be on the City Council of Woonsocket tonight. Once again, it would seem they're going to make an attempt to remove the mayor. They're going to make an attempt once again. There's been some uh, stop and starts. But tonight, once again, they are going to uh, attempt to remove when socket city council is going to try to remove and they're going to be voting on this mayor lisa Beldelli hunt from office this all has to do with they feel that she has not been she's been essentially ignoring them not executing her duties and ignoring measures passed by the council so the center of this of course is this uh, september 6th outlines the nine charges made for the removal it is, according to the agenda, the complaint will be voted on. It's going to be 7 o'clock, and we plan to be there. Now, other politicians, if you will, uh, elected officials, I should say, in the news. So I want to start off with, and I want to give them credit, Channel 12. Folks, essentially, uh, Rhode Island Congressman Jim Langevin, you want to talk about a thief. This is a thief's thief. And the amount of money, there needs to be investigation here. And Seth Magaziner, you know, came out with an ad not long ago where he was saying that members of Congress should not be uh, trading, engaged in stock trades with the stock market simply because of their ability to obtain inside information. And it struck people some odd just because there'd been a lot of talk about Congressman Lynch. Well, the fact of the matter is that was almost a preemptive. They knew this story was coming on. Uh, coming out with Congressman Landrin. Landrin tops 1 million Wall Street trades despite backing a ban. So I want to play. Channel 12 is a very thorough story on this. They broke the story. It's Ted Nisi, who I think is a top reporter. He broke it. And Landrin, what is um, in- incredible about this is just his non-apologetic behavior. So I want to play this. Just the first eight months of this year, Target 12 investigator Ted Nisi joins us now with his exclusive findings. Yep. Democratic candidate Seth Magaziner says it should be illegal for congressmen to buy and sell stocks. Now that proposal has put an uncomfortable spotlight on the man Magaziner is trying to replace. And so the next four months are going to be a lot of fun. As he campaigns to succeed fellow Democrat Jim Langevin in Congress, Seth Magaziner is blanketing the airwaves with a TV ad questioning the ethics of lawmakers who speculate in the stock market. Public officials should serve the people, not get rich off of their positions. That's why I support banning members of Congress from trading stocks. 
Target 12 reviewed hundreds of pages of disclosure forms filed by all four members of Rhode Island's congressional delegation. They reveal Langevin is the only one who personally places bets on the ups and downs of the market. Wow. Target 12's analysis shows that in just the first eight months of this year, Langevin traded shares in major companies 89 times. He reported purchases and sales totaling at least $1 million and possibly much more since lawmakers are not required to disclose exact amounts. The subcommittee will come to order. And despite his position as chairman of a key cybersecurity committee, Langevin has not shied away from betting on the stock prices of tech giants, placing bets on the short-term price moves of companies like Facebook, PayPal, and Netflix. Langevin kept up his trading even after saying on a January edition of Newsmakers that he agrees with calls for a ban. People uh, have concerns about members of Congress uh, trading in stocks and they feel that there's, uh, it's, it's not appropriate. Presented with Target 12's findings, Langevin issued a lengthy statement saying he never makes trades based on information he learns because he's a lawmaker. He also said, quote, it's so important that Rhode Islanders trust their elected representatives well, we to work on behalf How do we of know their that? constituents' best what interests, not their system own. Here? That's what I have done throughout my entire career and there I will continue it. to do so up until my final day not in true. office. U.S. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse also reported stock trades, but he says those decisions are made by a financial advisor without his input. Meanwhile, late last week, the U.S. House scrapped a vote to ban its members from trading stocks due to opposition among lawmakers. With the Target 12 investigators, Ted Nisi, 12 News. You know, that is an excellent report. And the thing about Congressman Landrin, and I'll, I'll be honest, hey, I was there when he um, won the, the primary in 2000 he was secretary of state and then if you well people may remember so that was the seat held by bob wagan who then ran for uh the senate seat he ran for senate against link chafee chafee was the mayor of warwick then his father passed away link allman the governor appointed young link chafee to fulfill his father's term in congress and then chafee was able to fight off wagan after it had been a primary between Bob Wigan and, and Richard Leach. So Langevin won that 2000. He's been in Congress for 22 years. I was at Operation Clean Government, which was a, a nonpartisan group that formed in the aftermath of the banking crisis that tried to, you know, put the pressure on public officials. Uh, I think the most successful thing they've done with Operation Clean Government is they actually offer a candidate training school to train people you go it's like a full day and they teach you how to fill out all the forms and essentially prepare you to run for office uh but i was there the night he got like the golden broom award he had been the secretary of state and he got the he was awarded and it was a standing ovation from everyone at operation clean government that jim langevin it was right at the um, hotel across from the airport in warwick and langevin was honored and, you know, he was like a good government advocate who was leaving for Congress. And what, what stands out to me in this Channel 12 report is there he is sitting on a TV show saying, oh, yeah, it should absolutely be banned and blah, blah, blah. And then just the first few months of the year, uh, invest more than $1 million in trades. And, you know, this is another example of these people. They go to Congress, and they're not millionaires, and then they leave, and they have several million. Landrin has also never released his tax returns. Now, he is someone to me, he certainly, he gets a number of different benefits. One, the fact he is a paraplegic and he's in a wheelchair, so they cut him slack that way, and he also happens to be a Democrat. But it was even being uncovered that somehow, like, his brother was involved, and he was the one making the trades. But with Seth Magazina can't run away from, Magazina can't run away from the fact, this is the guy that endorsed you, and this is an end run. Magazine is trying to bombard the airwaves, saying that uh, the members of Congress should be banned from doing this because it's very easy for them to get inside information and then be able to make some trades and investments and make themselves quite a bit of money. So, so he's trying to do um kind of an end around magaziner he's trying to come out and bombard the airwaves and make it seem like he's against it but at the same time then why did he accept the endorsement from congressman jim langevin when obviously langevin is like the poster child for 
taking advantage of this and doing this. Now, I don't think you're going to see a lot of um, negative ads. It's my understanding that Congressman Jim Langevin still holds a popular, you know, he's got a decent approval rating in the district. And as a result of that, you know, you hear maybe they'll go after Senator Sheldon Whitehouse a little bit, but Whitehouse, his money, their money's in a trust. There's some financial advisor who's making moves and they have no knowledge of, of what what type of investments they're making. Where Langevin, they're personally making the, the trades and the moves. So there's there's no room really for him to be able to say that there's there's no middleman. Um, and I, I know that I, I'm, I'll have to look it up, but there was definitely um, some discussion that like even his brother was involved in making some of the, the trades for him. So, but that should be called out. That should absolutely be called out. And he's, he's another one. He's going to get a free pass um, because of his physical state. And like everyone else, listen, um, it is admirable that he, you know, and I've interviewed him several times over the years that he didn't let that injury that happened to him at a young age impair him and his work and, and going to Congress and always advocating for that. But I think it's kind of leaving on, on a, on a, I, I think under a cloud uh, a little bit. And then you also wonder, you know, there's a lot of things about just the last two years that he's been in office. He definitely thought that the state was going to lose a congressional seat. And he just, as soon as, he just stopped raising money. He stopped really, you know, fully putting in the effort. People were leaving his campaign. Um, so therefore, when he announced he was, was leaving, it, it wasn't that much of a surprise simply because they he really thought, and if Rhode Island had not cheated on the census, the state was going to lose a congressional seat. It is ironic that they basically cheated with the congressional seat, and now Cranston Mayor Alan Fung remains in a very strong position, and things seem to be breaking his way because I, I also, I can't believe the ad that it's either Magaziner or a pact for Magaziner is on here. And they are essentially just lying about Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. Now, the debates are coming up. Their first debate is going to be in, I believe it's, they, I think they have a debate Columbus Day. But their first television debate is going to be in two weeks. I think it's in two weeks because next Tuesday night is the first televised gubernatorial debate between Ashley Kalis and Dan McKay. But that congressional, uh, Mayor Fung is getting a lot of positive press. Haven't seen a poll on that, but he's doing very well. He's staying He's staying in mode. He has not gone negative yet. There are packs going after Seth Magaziner. But former Chris Mayor Alan Fung, right now, as we speak, now things can change, but on this Tuesday, October 4th, he's in a good position. He's been down this road he has run, he has run and won, he has run and lost. But as of right now, I think he's lost three times. He lost first time running for mayor, and then he lost twice for Mundo. It can make you a better candidate because you, you, you learn from that. Now, a couple of the stories I just want to mention in the news. Crossroads to move tower occupants to new development. Crossroads Rhode Island, which started out as helping homeless folks. What I want you to understand is this is going beyond shelters. This is, they are now getting into the business of building, and it's going to be free housing for people. And there's a world of difference. That's the part that I think they're still hiding it, and they do it under the guise of they're going to, you know, um, they're, they're still doing it under the guise of they're just, you know, trying to help the homeless. But they're moving into more of a field, to me, of where... We're going to have more and more people that choose not to work who want free housing, and it's going to be provided for them. Not in every state, but California is doing this, and it certainly sounds like Rhode Island is doing this because so many of the people that they are now describing, they're not, you know, someone that something happened, uh, you know, years ago. I, I have worked with homeless organizations for over 20 years. Years ago, you would have someone that had developed a drinking problem. Sometimes someone would develop a drug problem. They might lose their job. 
They may get thrown out of, evicted out of an apartment or lose their home. It was people that really had hit, something had happened and they kind of hit rock bottom. And at the time, you know, you want to have safety nets to help those people and help those people that sometimes something happens and they're down on their luck a little bit. That has changed. Now you have people that just say, you know, regardless how old they are, I really don't want to work. And I don't want to have to worry about a rent. And I don't want to be on the street. So I want the state to provide free housing for me. And the state is going to do that. So I they, I don't think they're the advocates for this. Um, they're not being fully transparent. Now, yesterday, there was a big march to the state house. And there was a big march to the state house. And there were all these people claiming, you know, that there are 400 people that are living on the streets in the state and this is terrible but what they don't say is a lot of those people as i've talked about they choose to live on the streets they choose to live outside um they choose to that you know that's becoming more and more common there's people they don't want to go into a shelter they get a tent and they set up like a, a mini campsite with some other individuals now there's violence there there's crime there there's all kinds of things going on but they would rather do that because the shelters have certain rules you have to leave the shelter then you got to come back as we've talked about you can't bring booze into a shelter you can't bring drugs into a shelter you can't bring a pet into a shelter so a lot of people are saying i'd rather get a tent i would prefer to live uh live outside unhoused at least then i have the freedom i know where i can get food i know where i can get a shower they all have phones they all have phones so it's not like they're just off nowhere um they they go to the libraries and do things online and so you're getting more and more people that are saying i don't want to be in a shelter so all this business of you know look at this these 400 people and the winter time is coming yeah but they choose to live that way there's a huge difference of someone of i'm broke i don't have any money i have no way to stay that's not what this is i'm not saying it's luxurious but it's one of choice it's one of choice they could say i'm going to find work I'm going to start to try to there are different outreach programs they'll try to help them but there's more and more people and and notice I just one last I I noticed the advocates they all the blame is on the system there's no self accountability there's no there's no accountability that maybe some people made some wrong decisions maybe some people should have made some better choices on things there's there's no talk in in any way of that uh, it's all the fault of the system. All right, a lot ahead. We're going to talk to Donna Perry, talk some national politics. Folks, it's right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility, providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Sting. To the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website which is dipetro.com just click on the listen live button joining me right now is one of my siblings she's an independent columnist opinion maker it is donna perry and dj i want to just start off with vice president harris your thoughts you know this is in the aftermath of uh, what we saw the terrible destruction with the hurricane ian in florida and uh, suddenly she's at some forum and starts going off on this tangent on how she, this is the vice president of the United States, how uh, relief efforts 
should be basically be conducted in the aftermath of the hurricane. Yes, and and good to be with you, JD. Um, you know, she just strikes the wrong chord time after time, and. I think the only way she gets away with it, John, is uh, people note it, but then the rest of the media kind of like, you know, gives her an out on all of these things. But I think it goes to she she is just somehow determined that she needs to at least convince segments of the population that, you know, certain voters that she is carrying that flag. And I think that looks ahead for her, because if you recall you know, this idea of who equity has become synonymous with sort of saying, you know, other people are racist to other people, you know, and and I think that's what that term is about. It really is a trigger word, John. They say that and, and, but to use that in the context of this historic destructive hurricane um, I just think it's shameful. And I, I really think it's just insulting. I, I think it might be some weird, sneaky way to, you know, to begin to plant the seeds as if like Ron DeSantis is like helping s- some people and leaving other people out of the help. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was a little bit of a, it's just a roundabout way to do that. Um, and I just think like that falls, I'm sorry, it, it fell flat. I don't think yeah. that anyone is actually listening to her on some of these things. Um, so I, I just think that she just, you know, that they almost like they throw their finger in the wind, John, they want to see what sticks. I do think it could have been a sneaky Biden administration, like inside political thing to say, let's, let's kind of plant the seeds that DeSantis, Um, You know, and I think they have to watch DeSantis will obviously watch out for that because I think that they're looking to trip him up in any big way they can. And and to use a destructive hurricane that has clearly caused 100 million dollars or more of damage um, and destroyed like, you know, significant notable parts of Florida and loss of life, which, you know, it's going to be, of course, it's going to be in the hundreds, I would think, when you get through. So, you know, again, she throws that out. I think like this idea of equity in a life-saving situation is it's it's shameful. It's disgraceful. Um, and I think that you know Republicans or whoever you have to call it out when it goes on like this. And and she just doesn't do herself any favor with um, a lot of these you know m- moments that she's had. And what do you make of uh, uh, Donna Perry? I, I was really. Actually, I know some people were saying, you know, well, someone said to me, well, what'd you expect? Like, of course, they, but, you know, here it is. They, in the aftermath, he is, it's not even 24 to 48 hours. He's trying to survey, you know, the damage. Yeah. And already they start going after him, but it's questioning him in a tone of certain areas that were evacuated, other areas that were not evacuated. And the insinuation was already being planted. Yeah. That somehow these were race-based decisions. Well, right, you know, and and they're questioning, um, which I think DeSantis obviously has a smart enough team to understand that really there is no line for any of these people about what, you know, there's going to be fallout from how you manage a hurricane. There's uh, always going to be some fallout about that. And I guess they were talking about evacuation orders in, in Lee County, which ended up getting pummeled. Now, Fort Myers is hardly, you know, a not a sort of high income affluent sort of area. And they, they just got knocked uh, totally down by it. Um, And they're talking about those areas about the evacuation order timing. But the fact that I just think that, you know, this is going to get portrayed by some and certainly in liberal, you know, media organs, it's going to get portrayed the way they want to portray it. They, you know, they're going to pick apart his response um, you know, who was helped, who's not being helped enough. Um, and, and right. And so just to use something like that, um, I would just, if I, just to stay in the hurricanes for one more moment, I think it's notable that, you know, whether it's like a plane travel schedule, but that the president goes first to check on Puerto Rico, which is definitely struggling. But I, I I thought that is odd. Like, I think, 
you know, Fiona is a little bit off the headlines. Um, he goes there. And again, with Biden and John, everything is just political. He is always wants these visuals. And then, you know, like, and then you're going to go to Florida. It's like, well, this is the fir- fifth worst natural disaster to, to ever hit the United States, I think, ever. Wow. So, you know, I think all of this and the way they're playing it, um, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Nothing will be, you know, the gloves are off. Nothing's going to be off limits. Um, but it's a very big issue, of course, for DeSantis. It's a long haul of a recovery. And I think he will be under scrutiny as the months go on of um, how he's handling it, John. And also, I think he will have to be careful as time goes ahead. I'll just end it on this to, to say, you know, if the recovery seems dragging on and delayed and, oh, he was out campaigning for four days. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I Good think point. that's. That's going to be something that his team is going to have to be very mindful of. Yeah, I and again, folks, so speak with Donna Perry. I I thought he, to me, and obviously, you know, his work and record speaks for itself. But I thought he seemed a little overly defensive. A little, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong because you know, who would think that they would try to make such an effort on this before they have? Doesn't matter whether they have any proof of it. That's just the direction that we're going. But. You're talking about, you know, they still can't control where a storm's going to go. You're totally relying on the meteorologist. You know, whether it's up here where sometimes they predict we're going to get, you know, two feet of snow and then you end up getting less than a foot. Um, There's still just an unpredictable element to this whole thing. And to start to go after him and question him on areas that were were evacuated and not and based on who's there. And then you have the vice president that's starting to chime in on that it is um you know you're, you're actually right you shouldn't rule it out there's nothing that is out of bounds you would think a disaster of this consequence that they would maybe take their foot off the gas for a moment but nope they look for an opportunity and immediately it's like the talking points were already set here's how it's going to be portrayed you know regardless of of what is reality yeah, and what is right, not so right. no matter what he does that's the way we're we're going to frame it folks quick break much more hit Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service for over four generations. They make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. We're speaking with independent columnist, it's opinion maker, Donna Perry. And DJ, this next story, I mean, not only was it, you know, pretty eye-opening and bizarre, um, I like the fact the White House press corps wouldn't just let it go. And it also was, I thought, kind of revealing just how far the White House press person mm-hmm. really dug herself in. But this business of the, the president is at an event and the woman that actually had set a lot of this in motion tragically passed away in August. And yep. there's that uncomfortable moment where you see Biden saying, Jackie, and where's Jackie? And he's looking around. And we've seen some of this, whether... You know, when he's on the road and, and sometimes they're, you know, reading a note and they're saying, you know, where is Jack or so forth? Yeah, get up here. And then you right. know, sometimes a round of applause, sometimes they're behind him and give a quick wave. But what was more interesting was the reaction in, in the White House press room, of which both you and I have been in. And somehow, you know, they, they were just totally down the rabbit hole with this business that she was just top of mind. It was it was very clear that President Biden was looking for someone who, who tried, like I said, is, is deceased. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what did you make of the way the White House press secretary 
really doubled and even tripled down and refused to give any ground that he had actually made a mistake on thinking that that she was there. Well, and then I put it on the reporters, John. Like, how long are they going to allow Corinne Jean-Pierre to make these? She's very feeble. She's not a good, uh, you know, they have to fabricate a lot. So she's just not even good at that. And I, I just think... It all defies, you know, belief. And, and but the fact that and sometimes I, you know, when you get a little bit of a moment, you catch the back and forth. I mean, they're pressing her a little bit harder and uh, it shouldn't just be the responsibility of, um, you know, Peter Ducey, Fox News. I mean, they are some of them. I, you know, I'm glad to see them wake up in AP or whatever. And do yes. your job. No, he was looking for a deceased person. He, he wasn't was. like top of mind. Um, and he just, she said, like you say, tragically passed away. But if this, again, if the staff, of course he has a right to be, you have to brief a president on everything, but that would be something you'd kind of tuck in the back of your mind in a firm way that this is one of, you know, a person who died and he was looking for, there's no question. So, um, I, you know, they, they just do. They, they, I think their strategy is just, you know, um, deny that it is what everyone can see that it is, um, deny that he is having these moments. And I think she just, Jean-Pierre doesn't want to uh, have these protracted clips because then people will keep focusing on them and run them. But there's just no question, I mean, with him. Um, you know, he in Massachusetts, it was the Jake Auchincloss who very much alive, but he said, now, is she here? You That's know. right. Well, he also butchered the name. Austin <laughs> Claus. Yeah, Austin Oh, wow. And, you know, was, so. listen, there was not, she was not, it wasn't this whole business of she was top of mind. He was looking for someone, whatever it may be, whether they, he forgot that she died or they yeah. didn't prep, prep him properly, whatever it was in that moment, he was looking for her. And for the White House press secretary, Donna Perry, as you know, I mean, that, they used to go after President Trump, but you're going to have credibility when you're up there. And, and you're right. They send them out there. We've seen all the different press people, whether it was Sean Spicer or yep. back to just some of the others that have been at that podium. Uh, the reporters that are in that room, you know, you, you have to have credibility. You have to have an element. And they can try to spit it all they want. This was not a matter of top of mind. It's no reflection on this poor woman. But right. he in that he was not. He was looking for her. He it totally escaped him that that she had died. And either he didn't remember or didn't know or whatever it was. But in that moment, and I, I just thought that was so over the top of the White House press secretary of her trying to still insist. No, he was he was just it was just she was as she was saying top of his mind, which that's not really even a phrase. Someone says it's been top of mind is something that's you know, been on your mind, not top of his mind. And John, if I may just to top it off, um, he is displaying, you don't have to be a doctor to know this. He's displaying short-term memory loss. Yes. Because what that means is, as you just said, I guarantee in very short amount of hours previous to that, they yep. reminded him that, so that this person has passed away. So he has short-term memory loss. I think, you know, any families who know the slight onset of dementia, there's oh, they always go through that with a family That's because right. they say the person can speak eloquently about their days in college or, yes. you know, um, when the child was one years old. But they can say, oh, um, you know, one of your siblings came yesterday. Oh, I don't remember that. That right. is the they mark of it. He has the mark. I'm sorry. He has the mark of it. They discussed this with him. You know, and she just is supposed to stand there and lie and say things of like whatever she can. Now, obviously, I'll give her this. I think if you're that spokesperson, you know, you're kind of in a tough spot. It's up, but it's up to the news media. If if this is the condition of the U.S. president, um, I think there comes a point where the public should be able to understand. You know, somebody has to. What is your reaction? There's Robert Costa saying that many of the Democrat Party they are now under the belief and kind of acceptance understanding that he is once again going to run in 24. And, you know, I was having this discussion with someone just the other day and I was saying, you know, you have to look at, I think 
one of the also the characteristics of someone of his age is he's actually he's pretty ornery at times and yes. becomes grumpy and well, you know whether it is in fact uh, Jill Biden or Ron Klain, the chief of staff, these people they they like the situation they have found themselves in. All the Absolutely, and the power of the White House. They are not about to give it up. And what this sets up is an interesting dynamic because as much as you have someone like Gavin Newsom on the West Coast, by all you know, waving a flag that he wants to run for president, I I think that's very telling. If it goes across the board that they are starting to accept that he will be the nominee in 24. Yeah. And, and I think Costa made, he's an excellent reporter uh, and good for the network. You know, they, they brought him over. Um, He said, and he's really, you know, in-depth reporter. And he said the people who talked to, they've known Biden all their political life. He's wanted to be president for many decades. Like, yeah, we, we all remember, right. He had like two or three runs, that were failed earlier. Um, and he said, from their understanding of Biden's viewpoint, you don't just walk away. He got it. He's in. And as you say, John, uh, and you've been very right, I think he, he also has all the signs of a very stubborn elderly guy. <laughs> um, and I don't know that, you know, he's saying, yeah, well, I'm the president and you're uh, a deputy chief of staff. Right. So so who's going to make the decision here, you know, um, and I I just think this just shows that there's a long, long road that they're going to have to wrestle with. Go down, I should say, you know, I mean, um, hey, pe- the, the Biden defenders can say, hey, if not for us, Bernie Sanders was your nominee and would have gotten beaten by Trump right. or, you know, some of Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren. Or Kamala Harris. So we're the ones that came in. We're the ones that, you know, beat him. And we're not going anywhere. I, I think it it begins and ends with that. And so they don't want to hear anything about that. And anyone that thinks he's just going to, you know, walk away. As you and I, they are people, they're, they're not doing that. And there's a lot on the line. And as long as he's under the mindset, as you say, no, I'm the president. I'm not going anywhere. Right. That's dismissive. I don't, they're not going to get him out of there. And they're the reason, not. and the reason, last on this, the reason I think it's very significant, John, you know, you and I know they've, they've leaked to this, to ABC on purpose. Yeah. Stephanopoulos is at ABC. Uh, and to their credit, he has very, very good contacts. And, you know, people who really know, you're right. Like, I think they're saying, inside the Biden inner tent. They want to change this narrative. I think they haven't liked this narrative that, you know, he's not going to run. I think they're, and they're also in a mode as always, they're kind of correcting things he said on that interview. I think they probably didn't like how the 60 minutes thing went. Um, And they're trying to turn the narrative around saying, no, 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 no. This idea that, you know, he's kind of on the fence, but hiding that he's not going to go is maybe not accurate. So, you know, I do think they believe he has notched enough some kinds of wins. I mean, people would can certainly say, well, look at the country and the economy is, you know, so, and we're about to find out as the That's votes exactly come in. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 we're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker Donna Perry. And uh, DJ, speaking of that in the midterms, and I sent you Nate Silver, mm. the, the evaluation of it. 
do you think have things the dynamic changed or one month from now a little over that it's coming up november 8th are we about to see that the economy is the driving issue and therefore it's going to be a red wave coming during the midterms you know and it's been so back and forth but i think it is tilting toward the republicans advantage uh as we are really closing in and a couple of points on that um, it, we all can notice that not only is inflation not under control, people are noticing prices. That, I see two things happening that's going to really hit people. Um, not only are prices seeming even higher, never gas was a small thing, and they artificially helped that because they took gas oil out of the national reserves. But you're going to people are starting to see the prices for their utilities are going to really hit the public in the coming months. And it's starting, John, whether you talk about your gas or oil, heat and electricity. So um, and those things really hit people and they matter and they remind people that the economy is not really good for them. So um, I think we're back to that. I think that you are the polls show um, the abortion, which I think the Democrats thought they would sail in on that, John, I do think that is a selective voter issue. Yeah. Um, it just is. I, you're not going to, you know, upset all these national elections on that. And I think the polls are closing in on um, what, what the um, 538 Nate Silver model is showing that the Republicans could have, it looks like, as low as 15 seat gain, but maybe 20 seat gain. Um, mm. And, and that's, you know, it was very technical, but they run all these models and yep. they run it very interesting way. They do these kind of, you know, polling and, and projections. Cause it said something like they run it tens of thousands of times in a model, 80% of the outcomes, the Republicans are still, they may end up with, I think the number was something like Republicans could get to 243 Dems 227 in the house. They're definitely going to take the House. So um, I, I think that is not going to be in question. And I just might note, J.D., they, they, you know, and this is a silver lining for the Republicans for the U.S. Senate. As we know, very close. I mean, that is like a you know, 50-50 Senate. Um, some of these final big states, it is now all within margin of error. If you go even to Georgia, where they have really beat up on Herschel Walker. Yeah. I mean, but the, the reverend there, him and Walker, I think it's like 46, 42. Well, that's yeah. a dead heat. Yeah. Um, and, and Pennsylvania, which has been just such a crazy wow. wild race. Now that yeah. Oz has improved. And I believe that they're putting up 45, 43 for Oz and Fetterman, who is, I mean, the guy has a stroke. I, he, he can barely speak um, coherently. But he's still in the lead. But he's, so that one could come down to mail ballots, I would say, in Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, the other one where I think the Republican could now pull it off, um, this kind of has been under the radar, but this um, Adam Laxalt, you, you have to go back in the days when I was, in Washington, you know, his father was a long-serving, Laxalt is a big name, Nevada. He was a long-serving, well-regarded guy. He had oh. that Senate seat. Yeah, he's the son okay. of, of Laxalt. So I'm just saying, I think if if the Republicans, uh, and even they showed with Ron Johnson in Wisconsin now, has closed in, that's been a fight for him, um, even as the incumbent. So those are key um, so the Senate, you know, the projections are still the Democrats will kind of hold on is more the term now. That's different from, you know, they're not running away with anything, John. Right. So I would keep an eye on that. And the last thing I'd say about keeping an eye on these races is, of course, in the context of how we vote now, and you have very well pointed this out a lot, many people have already voted or they're voting like this yes. week in early voting, okay, and the mail ballots. But the reason it can tip toward the Republicans, their voters tend to still be in higher numbers of day of in-person right. poll. Yep. And GD, we are, we are away finally from the pandemic. And I would yes. expect high turnout, in person, yep. at the polls. I've seen around Mass, people are much more jazzed up. They're in person. They're going to rallies. They're going to fundraisers for 
for people. So um, I just think as they're closing in, it can show, you know, the Republicans could close in on a lot of this stuff again because of the in-person high turnout that they tend to produce. So we'll see. In the economy ends up being the absolutely the issue. And Donna Perry, finally, uh, the, these comments made of President Trump. We're now, you know, I think it's also really, uh, it's it's unnecessary, it's unfair, it's mean. Is then, of course, you know, candidate Alan Fung gets asked about it. But these comments, number one, uh, President Trump going on record. Uh, with his dislike for Mitch McConnell. Sometimes people are surprised. I say, I like Mitch McConnell. You know, it's mm-hmm. not easy running the Senate. He believes in the Senate. Uh, when he speaks, his words matter. And that attack on him and then the act, the, you know, the insults towards the wife, it is, it's so off-putting. And I think where, where President Trump is, is kind of like in false territory is just because people aren't, you know, condemning it and saying anything, it doesn't mean that it's lost on them or they're not watching this and they completely yep. disapprove of it. And that Wall Street Journal, you know, editorial, I, I think it's right on the money. And uh, it, it's just it's so unbecoming of someone that, you know, had gone so far, but then it just resorts to that type of insult and name call. Uh, that editorial really nailed it, John. Um, you know, Trump. It is intentional, and he, they, they really nailed it in that Trump plays these dangerous games with his comments. Yeah. Um, he did say death wish. Yeah. Uh, it should be obvious by now that he has followers who will exactly interpret what he says, and people are not above violence or, you know, um, taking on some initiative unto themselves. And he didn't say a political death wish, which some of the apologists have come rushing out saying, oh, well, what he meant was, I think people are at a point where really, you know, they're really done with, oh, this is what he meant. You know what? This is, it's not just speaking. When you're posting, you wrote it. So you're you're not just speaking out of turn. I just think that um, he's never really also understood the value of McConnell over the years, if it wasn't for McConnell, John, the U S Supreme court, which goes in this week would have nine super liberals on it right now. That's right. Like, like he figured this out 25 years ago. He's talked about it, written about it. Like he said, as the legislation and the state legislatures, the way they've gone, the U S policy stops at the U S Supreme court. And he made it his mission and he's, I'm sorry. He's a brilliant legislator, and um, it, some and Trump never, never has understood that about McConnell, the power he wielded, and why he took a lot of steps he's taken. And you know, in this thing, I also think it makes Trump. It, I, the other thing I thought the editorial, in, in in addition to be scary, kind of a menacing comment. Uh, making very derogatory comment about Elaine Chow is like a fixture of Washington. She's, she served as Trump's transportation secretary. I mean, he's just like, I mean, John, you just look so Bush league. You make a comment like that, Coco Chow, like, I'm sorry. It just, so I think he just, you know, he doesn't get it about McConnell has always knew John. He played the long game, you know, and that's really different from the immediacy of just, you know, have a quick hit, which has seemed to be how Trump operates. So I also think the editorial finally in this, and you mentioned that someone like Alan Fung gets asked about it. Here's, here's why Trump keeps, he steps on the other Republican candidates. And I think they nailed it and said, he has never been about helping other people get elected. Yeah, He's just not like, that's really, what is he show? I mean, yeah, he has gotten behind certain select people but there's also a lot of reporting the money has not gotten to these people right and and i so. will say and we'll close out donna perry you know before he launched this new truth social um which i don't know a lot of people that are on it because it's an echo chamber and there's yep. not a lot of people there he was actually better served when his mo when he would release statements because then he was relying on other people to kind of formulate and put it together. Yeah. And then they'd email the statements. I think this is hearkening back to it's <laughs> almost the danger where he just can pick up the phone and put out something 
Yep. And it's not thought out. Consequences aren't thought out. Do you really want to use that language isn't thought out? I don't think his own uh, app of this truth social, I don't think it serves him well because then it really becomes temper tantrum, top of, you know, really top of mind, flood, send something out, and then it's impossible to retrieve it. So I think it was actually better served when he was under yeah. the guise of, you know, uh, we'd get the email of he's released a statement on something. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker, it is Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. You bet. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401 732 1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com remain healthy stop it and see marie at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie. 401 305 3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick rhode island tradition since 1977 delicious food great atmosphere whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge they can also accommodate large groups a great meal a feast is waiting for you at the coesed inn stop it and see them all year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, they're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.